0: pruned they have to be fertilized to bring forth the kind of fruit it needs to be and hey the Bible talks about us how that we have to be preached to not to cut us down not to belittle us but to lift us up and when we're doing wrong to help us to get our wrongs righted (laughs) is that the way you say it Maybe, maybe that's not the right political way. But to get these wrongs taken care of, we have to be preached to. And a preacher that won't preach to you, he ain't good for the salt that goes in his bread. No, no, no. no. Brother Griffin was under my ministry for many years. He's 93 years old. We've been a lot of places together. We've gone through a lot of problems together. I preached his wife's funeral. Now I hear that another of his daughters has passed on, but God is still giving him strength. And I thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> my sister, she's sitting over here to my left. She wonders what in the world he's going to say now. (laughs) Well, she found her boyfriend when she was about 16. And it so happened he was raised Assembly of God. But she fell in love with that guy. And you know what? She married him. And uh, wasn't long before I started getting ties from him. He hadn't even been to church. I think, yep. If you're going to invest money in this, you're going to be getting into it. Sure enough. Been in the church many, many years. And I thank God, Brother David
1: Dixon.
0: Amen. God is so good. Sister Ann Hernandez, uh, I know her better than anybody here. I pastored her for many, many years. When my mother was on her deathbed, the last week of her life, Sister Ann come into our house at my mama's and says, I'm going to take care of all the cooking The housework and everything, y'all just visit with your mother. One week later, my mother died, but Sister Ann was there every day taking care of our family. And I thank God for people like that. I thank God for that. Yep. That turtle. Had to have help to get on top of that post. And I'm fixed to have have help to get down from here. (laughs)
2: a mm-hmm. the door. This world is good wilderness, and I'm headed for deliverance. Well, Lord, I've never been this home sick before. Well, I see the bright light shine. It's just about home time. Well, I can't see my father standing. in this home before. Well, I can't see the family gathered sweet faces, they're all familiar. But no one's on our people. we
0: praise the Lord this morning. We're so glad to see you in church. Oh. Don't we serve a mighty God? Yes. Hallelujah. My, we owe him our everything, church. We owe him our all. Hallelujah. Let's give him another big hand clap to the group. Well,
2: Moses let God's children, fall.
3: How many is really glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we just lift our hands and lift our voice and thank Him today. God, we give You praise. We give You glory. We give You honor, God. We're so thankful for Your help today. So thankful for this opportunity that You've given us to come to Your house. To worship You. To magnify You. To give You glory. You are a great God. Hallelujah. Why don't somebody just tell Him how great He is to you. Tell Him what He means to you right now. You mean everything to me, God. Everything to me, God. Hallelujah. 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 It's good to be in the house of the Lord today. So thankful for God's goodness and His mercy and His blessings. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's a good place to be. The Lord bless you. you. can be seated for a few moments. Good to see everyone that is in the house of God today. To our guests that are here, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that each and every one of you is here. Good to see Dolly in the house of the Lord with us today. Good to see Crystal in the house of the Lord with us today. Amen. It's good to see everyone that should be here in the house of God today. And I'm glad I'm in church. I come to church because I wanted to come to church today. Amen. Amen. God has been good to us. Thank God for His goodness, His mercy, and His blessings, and uh, all that He has done for us. We serve a good God, and uh, He's still a powerful God. He's still a miracle-working God. He's never lost his power. He's never lost his authority. Amen. He's never lost his goodness. He's never lost his mercy. Amen. How many is thankful for the mercy of God today? Praise God. Amen. Thankful for those words, brother Mac Daniel. Don't we love brother Mac sister Mac Daniel? Amen. Amen wonderful, wonderful people of God. And uh, we do appreciate them very, very much. And um, I know time has taken its toll on his body, but we're glad he's still here with us. Amen. Lord, bless them. Bless their health and their strength. We are so thankful for what uh, God has done for Brother David Dubose. And uh, we are thankful for that. But don't stop praying. It's not over yet. And uh, let's ask God to raise him up, perform a miracle in his body, and uh, give him complete healing. God made those hearts that he put in us, and he knows how to fix them. When the doctor says it's, it can't be fixed, there's nothing they can do, God can still do it. Amen. God can still do that. Praise God. So we are glad to see Sister Becky able to be in the house of the Lord today and uh, be in prayer for them. Ask the Lord to give them touch from heaven. Let's pray for Sister Y. Barbo, Brother Richard, and Sister Bobby Y. Barbo. Their health is not good, and uh, she's been in a hospital this week. Let's ask God to touch them, and I don't, I don't like, I don't like all of these old folks getting old. That's not good. Y'all need to to stop all of that foolishness. Stay young, hey Amen. Let's just freeze age right now. Let's don't. Well, they say there's only one way to keep from getting old, and that's die young. I don't have any takers today, so I'm sure not interested. <laughs> But uh, let's pray for them Amen The Bailey's unable to be in the house of God Pray for them Sister Powell unable to be here Sister Merritt looks lost sitting over there without Sister Powell And uh, I know she misses her dear friend Being able to be in church with her Let's ask the Lord to touch her Give her a miracle in her body And uh, God bless her Brother Griffin, our prayers are with you today in the loss of your daughter. And uh, I want the church to be praying for him. This is a hard time. They say there's some things that parents should never have to experience. One of those is the loss of a child. And um, I hope that I never have to experience that. But our prayers are with you. There are those that in this house today that has went through that. And uh, you know the feeling, and uh, ask you to pray especially for Brother Griffin today. Ask the Lord to touch him. Want to make some announcements before we get into the Word of the Lord, and uh, these are some things that will be happening for the next few weeks. And one next week, uh, next Sunday night, we will be celebrating uh, the accomplishment of our graduates, Brother Ryan. And Brother Caleb, and uh, that will be Sunday night. Brother James will be here with us, and he'll be preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. That service Sunday night will be especially dedicated to them. Then afterwards, we'll go to the gym and have refreshments and have a party over there. So remember that next Sunday. And uh, Brother James will be here with us. And looking forward to that. Don't get to see a lot of him since he uh, started pastoring, but uh, it will be good to be able to have them back here in Silsby. We've always enjoyed them being with us and looking forward to them being with us again this coming weekend. Also, I would like to start by saying thank you very, very much uh, for the great gift that you gave us back in October, and you haven't heard a lot about it. But you're fisting to see that it's about to take place anyway, the good Lord willing. uh, We are to leave um, June the 3rd and uh, go to Alaska. And uh, we're going to be there. Uh, We're going to Denali. And I don't know where these places are. They just said that's where we're going. Then we get on the ship and we go to Vancouver. And uh, so we're going to have a great time. Looking forward to that. So we will be gone uh, quite some time if everything goes well and uh, according to plans. So during that time, remember that. Uh, June the 3rd. Now, let's, let's stop this. Let's say from June the 1st, from June the 1st till June the 19th, no one can die. Are they all in agreement? Yeah. Okay, we're all in agreement with that. Nobody's going to get in any fights. We're all in agreement with that. Nobody's going to get any divorces. We're all <laughs> so we. So if you have if you have something that's about to happen, save it till after then, please. I ask you. And uh, so if you plan, if you got your your funeral plans already made, postpone them until after June the nineteenth. And uh, so we're we're so thankful, my wife and myself, and uh, y'all y'all gave us enough money to pay for our trip, and so our time is limited through the summer, and uh, so we're gonna make this our our family vacation. So my girls is going with me. Well, three of my girls is going with me. I tell them that's what you get for getting married. You just get to stay at home, and uh, so they're gonna go with us and uh, so we thank you for, for paying our way and it allowed us to, to be able to take them with us because I found out one thing you don't go on an Alaskan cruise cheap it's very expensive and I know a lot of you sacrificed and I want you to know from the bottom of our hearts how thankful we are and thank you very much for that we didn't deserve it but I'm glad you did it anyway and we're going to enjoy it. So, Brother DuPlissy will be here preaching uh, while I'm gone. And then we have a special treat, uh, the two Sunday nights while I'm gone. And Brother Corcoran will be here June the 5th preaching on Sunday night. And uh, then Brother Townley will be here preaching on June the 12th on Sunday night. So, um, we're going to uh, look forward to God doing something great. For us while we are gone Just have church Just worship God Be faithful to the house of God And let's see God do great things Amen And so that's what will be going on The next uh, few days I do appreciate uh, All the ones who went to the youth rally Friday night We had a great time in the Lord And uh, God was gracious to us And God was good to us And filled two people with the Holy Ghost Friday night and for that, we are thankful and grateful. Amen. Amen. One, one young lady, about 19 years old, I think they said she was. Uh, they had just met her that day. Very first time to be in a Pentecostal church. And uh, raised Methodist. She come to church Friday night. God filled her full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Speaking in other tongues of the Spirit of God. Give the utterance. I uh, was not planning on this, but it was a spur of the moment. I was, uh, Brother Hare asked me to come preach for him uh, Tuesday night. He asked me to preach for him on Wednesday night. And uh, so that's where I was. If they did not tell you, that's where I was Wednesday night. I wasn't laying out of church, I was uh, <clears throat> very much in church. And appreciate Brother Duplessis. Uh, preaching Wednesday night. Heard good reports on that. Did he do a good job Wednesday night? Praise God. Praise God. Appreciate Brother Duplessy. Amen. Don't we appreciate Brother Duplessy? Thank the Lord. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4. Verses number 30 through 32, Luke chapter number 4, and I'll read a passage of scripture there, and um, I I feel, I don't know, I feel more kind of like a little teaching mode this morning. I don't want to bore you, but, but if I don't get all excited and too red in the face and and uh, jumping around up here, don't think that, that God's not talking to us. But listen to what the Word of the Lord would have, have for us today. I have uh, preached this before, so you might have some of this marked in your Bible. And I have taught from this before, and uh, but I just felt like going over it again. I have in my notes, it was November the 18th, 2007, so probably a lot of you wouldn't remember what happened on November the eighteenth, two thousand and seven? So, Luke chapter number four, verse number thirty, the Bible says, "But he, passing through the midst of them, went his way, and came down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and taught them on the Sabbath days. And when they were and they were astonished at his doctrine." For His Word was with power. Everybody look at that very close. For His Word was with power. For His Word was with power. That's what I want to talk to you about for the next few moments. Is the power of the Word. Lord bless you. You can be seated. Words are extremely powerful. Amen. There is power in words. Words Words can last uh, for years and years and years. Words that are spoken. And there is, there is many, many famous, or, or I could say this, people, ordinary people that was made famous by words that they said. Not necessarily the actions that they did, although actions was a great part of a lot of their, uh, being brought into the limelight and their, uh, names being written in history, but It has a lot to do with words that they said. Words that was able to shape a country. Words that was able to turn a nation. Words that was able to make a difference. Words that was able to spark a fire and ignite a desire in people. My mind goes to Winston Churchill. That that he spoke many words that inspired a nation, pretty much an entire world, against uh, the armies that was trying to overtake the world. He was able to uh, to say things. It seemed like that he had the right words at the right time. That he had words that spoke hope and words that would that would uh, transfer to a a determination to victory. He says I might not I don't have it written down, but I might not quote this, but he says we will fight in the air, from the air. We will fight from the beaches. We will fight from the sea. We will fight and never surrender. And so when the enemies of freedom was coming against them, that those words would ring out through uh, the different branches of military and it would encourage them. They said in the face of the bombings of his country, he would walk through the burnout neighborhoods and uh, still smoldering with smoke from the enemy's bombs and hold up two fingers in the air and say we shall have victory when it looked like it was pure defeat but it was a power of words there are there are many many coaches today that that has the the ability to motivate players to the next level because the power of words it's not because of how great they can play, because actually they don't play the game. But, that's because they know how to dig the very best out of somebody with words. I, I remember, uh, the, I, I, the, the, the speeches that we have heard parts of from, uh, the President Abraham Lincoln. We remember speeches from President Kennedy. How many's ever heard the words tear down this wall by President Reagan. It was the power of words that shook an entire world at that time. That words that was spoken that had not been spoken in those terms with that feeling with that power and with that authority ever before. But it was the power of words. The power of words is, is amazing. I can remember, uh, I, I haven't, I don't guess I've heard it in a long time, but used to, um, I believe it was Rush Limbaugh that had, uh, he was doing a commercial for, for some kind of system that would strengthen and enhance your vocabulary and uh, it's quite obvious that I never took that lesson but but they says people judge you by the words you say and how you speak and how you pronounce our mispronounced words and uh, I have been critiqued quite a bit for some words that I pronounce but I can't help it that's just the way that that I am but there is there is a lot to be said about you, know, you you listen to people talk and you can pretty much tell uh the way that they talk there's you know, if they're very educated or or not. You can tell most of the time if they're trying to act like they're educated. One one that comes to my mind and I guess this is very public so I uh, uh I would not be embarrassing him at all because he's told it openly before but uh brother Mefford we all know him he's been here many many times but uh, he he is such a brilliant man and the way that he talks and things that he talks about listening to him preach is like oh lord you you can't miss you can't miss 5 seconds or you miss the whole thing I've heard a lot of people that says, "Man, it just it just seems like it's going in circles." But I said, "You what you're you're not listening to what he's saying," and I, I listened to him as as he he knows so much about so many things, and uh, to hear him tell it and and to hear him say it, you would think, "Man, this guy must must have a doctor's degree or something like that," but I think he had like a sixth or seventh grade education. But he was not ignorant and he studied and he read until he was able, uh, to, to control, uh, his environment and people that he was with, with words, his ability to use words. Words are powerful. I'm trying to get you to understand how powerful words are today. Now, now an injury is, is soon forgotten. If you break your arm, the majority of the time it will heal back. And uh, you really don't think a lot of it. If somebody, somebody does something to you that causes an injury, it will heal and you really won't think a lot of it. An injury is much sooner forgiven than an insult. Amen. Because the power of words. Now now you can shove somebody and they will pretty much forgive you because it was the heat of the moment. But if you call somebody a sorry, no good for nothing, that will go with them until they're great. They can forgive and you can get over it, but... There's something in there that just don't forget because it's the power of words. Now, I wonder about the power of words sometimes because I know I say a lot of stuff up here that people seem to forget very quickly. But there is power in what you say. If you speak insults, you shall also hear insults. I have had people that come to me and complain about different things and, and I tell you what, I wished, I wish that I could, I could snap my fingers and make a lot of things change. Boy, that would be, that would be fun. But you can't change people. People, people just are people. They're gonna be people. All that can change people is God. That's the only thing that can change people. So don't think that you're gonna marry Him or her and change them. You're not going to do it. You better let God change them before you enter into that relationship. Just thought I'd drop that in on you. So quit trying to change him or her. You married them like they were. Just deal with it. (laughs) That's just who they are. And you loved it so much. I I remember... I don't remember a lot of things I said... In uh, Tammy and Nathaniel's wedding. But I do remember this statement because I believe it so so much. I said, now you love her the way that she is now. That's the way that her mom and myself has trained her. Now some of those things I don't take credit for. but But that's the way that she was and you love her now. Now in five or six years down the road, don't bring her back and say you don't love her anymore. Because you're the one that messed it up. They're just not like they were when I married them. Who changed them? Oh, praise God. That's... (laughs) Uh, It could be the power of those words. Are you using the right words? Well, help us, Holy Ghost. Are you saying the right words? One woman came and they said, told... John Wesley said, my talent is speaking my mind. <laughs> Anybody got that talent today? <laughs> don't raise your hand. Don't, don't be too honest. John Wesley looked at the woman. He said, woman, God would not mind at all if you buried your talent. <laughs> so if that is a talent that God has given you, that's one time God won't criticize you for burying that talent. He might go ahead and say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You had a good shovel enter on into the kingdom of heaven. But it is the power of words. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Amen. That's the reason why the Bible says something like this be angry and sin not. Amen. Be careful what you say. I have heard people talk very bad. I, I, I was in a place, I was in a place, um, just this past week. I guess it was, yeah, it was this past week and had a little problem with the job that they did. And I was, we was, I was talking to the boss about it when the boss got angry at the guy that, that, done the the job that messed it up, and man, I felt so sorry for him. I said, look man i I don't want you getting on to the man. I feel sorry for him. I was about ready to cry for the guy because of words hurt, words hurt some things some things you need to be careful about what you say. The power of words a word spoken. Is very hard to retrieve. How many times have you ever said something and and then, about the time it comes out of your mouth, you reach your hand out there and try to, dear Lord, why did I say that? Why did I say that? What was I thinking? I tell you, uh, there's been lots of times I've been preaching and I get through preaching. When I was anointed, it sounded good. <laughs> I felt good. I felt bulletproof and 10 feet tall. And I go home, I said, "Surely I didn't say that. Surely I didn't do that." Because the words, you want to you want to you have to be careful the way that you present something. You can have a good product and and say it in the wrong way and and mess up a good sale because you didn't use the right words. The power of the spoken word. It is amazing the power that, that is in the word. That's the reason why we need to be very careful about what we say, how we comment. Amen. Because words are hurtful. On the other hand, words are very encouraging. A good word. A compliment. A word that is spoken with help and with strength. A word that that is spoken in encouragement. The power of the Word, meaning the Word of God, it is so powerful. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. The Word of God, the Bible says, is like a devouring flame. In Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse number 14. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because ye speak this word, Behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. The power of the word God was saying I will make my words in your mouth as you speak my words, Jeremiah. They are going to be like fire. They're going to have authority. They're going to have power. But the sad thing about it, this people is going to be the fuel for the fire. Amen. Because God's Word can be a consuming fire. It's very important that when we are talking about the Word of God, that we are on the right side of the Word of God. That we are uh, that we are called a friend of God. I don't want God's Word to come at me in an angry sense, in an angry tone, or an angry way. I don't want God's Word to consume me, but sometimes... God's Word consumes people. It calls people to make a decision of repentance or rebellion. Amen. That's the power of God's Word. It puts you on the spot to where you have to make a decision of what I'm going to do. Am I going to live for God? Or am I going to walk away from God? Because The power of the Word of God is like a consuming fire. That's what it was doing in Jeremiah's time. Jeremiah was called a weeping prophet because it seemed like all he could do was talk about the judgments of God. All he could do was use the consuming fire of the Word of God that God would speak through him. But people refused to repent. It was not Jeremiah's fault, but it was people that was hard-hearted and stiff-necked that refused to repent. So was it the Word's fault? Was it God's fault? Was it the minister's fault? It was people that refused to hear the call of God. God's Word can be a crushing hammer. In Jeremiah chapter 23 and verse 29 again, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces? What was the word of God? Word can be heavy. Have you ever heard the preacher preach and and when you get through, boy, that was some heavy word tonight. That was some woo. That was some rough stuff tonight because the Word of God will crush us like a hammer crushing a rock. That's what the Word is supposed to do. The Word of God is never to conform to our ideas and our philosophies and our opinions and our way of life because the Word of God says it is sin for such and such, and that's what The Word of God means it's sinful. Stay away from it. So when we find ourselves wanting to indulge in these types of activities, that is, against the Word of God, when the Word of God is spoken, it's like hitting us on top of the head with a hammer because we are the guilty one. There has been times... Where the Word of God, I felt like it hit me right on the end of the nose. Black both eyes. Knocked me up against the wall. But until I was ready, I was ready. See see what happens. A rock, a rock to crush a rock. You have to have it up against something hard. Amen. Because if you just take a rock, it's hard to crush a rock in your hand. Because when you hit it with this hand, this hand gives away. And it softens the blow. But if we want God's work, Word to work on us, we can't just stand there and, oh, when He hits, I dodge and I move and I try to get out of the way. No, God, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to lay before you and I'm going to allow the Word of God to crush me where God's Word can make me into what God wants me to be made. The preacher cannot always agree with you because the word does not always agree with you. Amen. Amen. You ever, you ever, you ever talk to somebody and, and you just try to avoid it because you don't agree with their philosophies? And instead of making a big scene, you just, and they keep pushing you and pushing you and pushing you. And finally you have to say, I just don't believe that. That's just it. We can push the Word of God and move the envelope and and push it around, but I want to tell you, the Word of God is still true. It's still according to His Word. And we still have to live according to what the Word of God says. Allow the Word of God to work in your life. Don't ever resist the Word of God. The Word of God is stronger than you. Amen. The Word of God is bigger than you. The Word of God is greater than you. So you cannot resist the Word of God. You can refuse the Word of God. And you can walk away and live your life how you want to live it. Or you can allow the Word of God to crush you. The Word of God to consume you as a fire. And make something special out of you. But then... This is what I like about the Word of God. And I told you I'm going to go slow. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm aware of the time. I'm aware of what I'm doing here. And so just trust me for a few moments. The Word of God is a life-giving force. That's how powerful the Word of God is. The Word of God will never be a crushing hammer without then turning and being a life-giving force. But sometimes God's Word has to crush the impurities out of us before it can give us new life. It's just like the born-again experience. Before you can be born again, you first must die. Amen. There has to be a death experience before there's ever a born again experience. How do we die? This is what Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter three. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. He said, how can I be born again? First, you got to die. How do I die? You die through repentance. What's that? That's the word of God being applied to your life. And telling you, you must submit to the will and the commandment of God. That crushing hammer hits you and you begin to pour your heart out to God and you repent before Him. How do you know that? Because of the Word. Why do you do that? Because of the Word. And then, after you have submitted yourself to God and you have died out to sin, then the Word of God... Always brings life. Always brings life. Always brings life. Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse number 7 it says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together. Bone to his bones. When he prophesied, what did he do? He spoke the Word of God. The power in the Word. Speak to these dead, dry bones. You see, he spoke to dead, dry bones. First, they were dead before God could bring them back to life again. You have to submit yourself to the Word. The Word of God was spoken, and all of a sudden, the bones began to come to bone. Ankle bone to ankle bone. Leg bone to leg bone. You remember that song that we sang in Sunday school? Amen. Oh, dry bones. But those bones took on life because the power of the Word. The power of the Word. The right Word spoken can bring the dead back to life. Jesus raised the dead to life by speaking the power of His words. Amen. I want to tell you today, life can be spoken in a dead situation. Because the power of the Word. God can take a dead relationship and speak life back into it again. God can take a heart where there was not love left and put love back in there again. God can take a heart where there is no desire and put desire back in it again because the power of the Word. The power of the Word. I tell you today, if you're struggling in relationship, use the right words. And you'll see that relationship take on new meaning. There is saving power in the Word. Romans chapter 1. Verse number 16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel? The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Word of God. The power of God. God. It is the power of God unto salvation. God's Word is able to seek out. And it is able to save. God's Word is able to heal. The power of the Word. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse number 5. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. By the power, how do we know that? What's written in the Word of God. You have no understanding of that until you get in the Word of God. You have no comprehension of that until you get in the Word of God. And the Word of God tells you He was wounded for our transgressions. The Word of God tells you that He was wounded for your sins. The power of the Word. He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace. There is peace that is spoken by The word of God. Jesus spoke the word in the midst of the storm and said, peace, be still. He didn't touch the water. He didn't touch the thunderhead. He didn't touch the clouds. He spoke the word. And when he spoke the word, they were amazed because they had seen him touch and things take on new life. They had seen him touch and things happen. They seen him touch the bread and break the bread and it multiplied. But here they say, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? The power of the word. Of God, The Word of God is a defensive and an offensive weapon. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Jesus used the Word of God as a defensive weapon. The Apostle Paul said the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Take the sword of the Spirit. The Bible declares that it is sharper than a two-edged sword. So we can take it as a defensive and also an offensive weapon. Jesus used the word, his own very, his very own self. In Matthew chapter four, we find that Jesus went into the wilderness. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones be made bread. But he answered, does anybody know what he answered? Anybody know what He answered? Anybody know what He answered? Can I hear you? Anybody know what He answered? It is written. The power of the Word. The authority of the Word of God. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every Word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The power of the Word of God is so powerful and so strong. It can calm the worst storm. It can heal the greatest sickness. It can deliver you out of the worst situation. It can give you strength over the tempter. Because the power that is in the Word of God. Amen. Then the devil taketh him up to a holy city, setteth him upon the pinnacle of the temple. The devil will use the Word. He will misquote the Word. He will bring a different meaning of the Word. Get you off into some different philosophies or ideas to destroy you. How, how did they destroy the king? Ahab, I believe it was. They said we will put a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. You better be careful what voice you listen to. The Bible said, my sheep will know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. There is many voices, but there is only one Word of God. Our philosophies, ideas, and opinions, and it doesn't matter who has them or who preaches them, they must be according to what the Word of God says. Misquoting the Word, a misrepresentation of the Word, a misunderstanding of the Word will cause you to fall into sin, will cause you to fall into apostasy. So hear me, young people. You have a great opportunity to be in the house of God, to hear the Word of God. But more than hear it, you better get to know the Word of God. Because there's going to be a teacher somewhere down the road that's going to try to change you. Amen. Tiffany was telling me about a class that she went to in college. She went in there and the teacher standing up there, the professor, whatever he called himself. I'd call him more like a goofball. But... That's probably not the proper word to use, but that's what comes to my mind. And uh, he, he's standing there. He said, how do you know that you're here? You could be somewhere else. <laughs> how do you know who you really are? You could be somewhere else. You could be on some other planet. I think he's on some other planet. She said she listened to that a little bit and said she said, I'm sorry, but I think I'm in the wrong class. There's gonna be some people that's gonna to try to give you some different ideas, different opinions. That that preacher, you know, that brother Looper, he's so he's so off of the beaten path. Man, we got the New Deal going on. We got the new church that's come as you are, stay as you are. Leave as you are. Be as you are. Just be yourself, man. But I want to tell you, the Word says that when the Word of God comes into your life, it will change you. It will make a difference in your life. It changes you from who you are to what God wants you to be. You better listen to the Word of God. You better get... Knowledge of the Word of God. The Word of God still states that, here, O Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord. Amen. The Word of God still states it very clearly and very strongly when it says that you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not an option. Amen. It's not if you want to. But it is the plan of God for New Testament salvation. Hallelujah. Know the Word of God. Know the Word of God. Amen. You see what happened in the very beginning of time when Eve took of the fruit off of the forbidden tree. The devil never, never said that, you know, you should, you know, God don't know what he's talking about here, you know. God, he never, he never tried to say that God did not say. But he did misquote what God said. And he seduced the woman into taking from the tree. And then she seduced Adam into taking of the fruit that she had. And man plunged into sin. Because they listened to the misquoted Word of God. How many people today? How many people today are... Setting in churches across the world that are listening to the Word being misquoted and misrepresented. Amen. It's very important today that you know the Word of God. What the Word says. What the Word has to do with our life. The power of the Word. Jesus said to the devil, it is written. It is written. It's already been decided. Amen. This plan of salvation was decided long before you and I ever come along. This separation from the world and holiness living was decided long before I ever come into the world. Are you ever come into the world. Amen. God had His church long before you and I ever made it to Texas. So we can't change the Word because the Word is forever settled. Amen. The Word is forever powerful. So Jesus spoke the Word. And He said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. Now, the here the devil is quoting the Word. He said, or trying to quote the Word. It is written. He shall give the angels charge concerning thee. And if their their hands shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou shalt dash thy foot against the stone, He misrepresented what the Word was saying. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Devil, let me tell you one more time who you're dealing with. You don't tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil came, taketh him up to an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Some people say, oh, that was Jesus. That was a very tempting thing. That was a very strong thing. Because he could have it now. Who likes to wait? I'm not into that waiting game. Don't like to wait. We don't like to wait. Jesus had to wait for some three and a half more years. He had to go to Calvary. He knew the plan that was in front of him. He knew the journey that was there. And now the devil's saying, you can have it all without the pain. That's like taking it to the new car dealership and saying you can have the truck without the note. Who wants to wait three and a half years and have the note? Let's just do the truck without the note. But Jesus looked at him again and said, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and Him only shalt thou serve. Then... The devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. The power in the Word. Jesus had all power and all authority, but He used the Word that had been written down hundreds of years before because there's still power in this Word. They've tried to burn it. They might burn this book, but they can't burn the Word. They've tried to stop the sale of it. They might stop the sale of it, but it's still the bestseller on the bestsellers list. I don't know if any book will ever catch the Bible of what it's done in the past and what it's doing now. They've tried to kick it out of the school. They might kick it out of the school, but they can't take it out of your heart. Because it's the power of the Word. The more the devil tries to get away from it, the more it grows. The more it expands. So this is my question to you today. And this is what I want to bring to you right now. If the Word is so powerful, if the Word has so much authority, if the Word has so much forgiveness, if the Word has so much mercy, If the Word has so much judgment. If the Word has so much direction. If the Word has the ability to heal, to save. One place in the Bible, Jesus was too busy to go to places and He sent His Word and it healed them. Just the Word. If it does all of this, why do we read so little of it? Why do we spend so little time indulging ourselves into it? Why do we let it go other than church services without ever opening up the Word of God? We fuss about America burning the Bible, but if someone burned ours, we wouldn't even know it except on church nights. We fuss about the schools, taking the Bible out and saying you can't read the Bible at school. It didn't start in the school. It was already taken out of the home. How long has it been preaching to the to myself? How long has it been since you sat down? I remember going into grandma's house and there was a family Bible that graced the centerpiece of the coffee table. Opened up. I can't tell you the last house I went to, mine included, that the family Bible was a centerpiece of the coffee table. Think about that. The reason why some people have so much difficulty in living for God is because they do not take the authority that God has given you by the Word of God. When the devil comes in like a flood, do like Jesus and say, it is written. But what is written? Oh, I know it's somewhere. I heard it somewhere down the line. It is written, all tubs shall sit on their own bottom. (laughs) it is written. We have those old things that should have been in there that just some way they got left out. But I'm telling you the truth today. If you will ever get a hold of the power in the Word, when the devil is tempting you and you got that little device in your hands, and the devil is tempting you, and the devil is warring against your mind, it is written. It is written. It is written. It's in the book. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It is written. It is written. I'm more than a conqueror through the blood of Jesus Christ. It is written. I'm part of the church that was purchased by the blood of Christ. It is written. I don't have to fall to sin. I don't have to give in to temptation. I don't have to come up short. I don't have to make a mistake. I don't have to do this because it is written greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah,
2: hallelujah,
3: hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm glad for the power that's in the Word of God. I'm glad for the strength that's in the Word of God. I'm glad for the hope that's in the Word of God. I'm glad for the healing that's in the Word of God. I'm glad for deliverance that comes through the Word of God. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Everybody stand. Give God praise right now. Give God glory right now. Give God honor right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Jesus used the word, to get him through the great temptation of Christ. And he says, it is written. When the devil tempts you, when the devil comes against you, when the devil tries to destroy you, get your Bible. Get your Bible, I I may not know exactly where it is, but i tell you what, just quote any Scripture. Any Scripture. Read any Scripture. It is written. This is the Word of God, devil. You can't come against the Word of God. Keep your Bible in your truck. Keep your Bible in your backpack at school. Keep your Bible on your job. Carry your Bible with you. i got the Word of God with me. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, thank God for His Word. There's power in the Word. There's deliverance in the Word. You are more than overcomers. The Bible says that we are made overcomers by the Word of our testimony. The Word of God. There's many, many more Scriptures that declare who we are and what we are and what we can do. It's in the Word of God. Why don't we all just step out from where we're standing. Let's make our way to this front before we are dismissed today. I encourage you. I encourage you today. If you're struggling. If you're struggling with things. If you're fighting battles. If you're fighting the adversary of your soul. That is trying forever to destroy you. I want to encourage you today. Get in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Look at the Word of God. Over and over and over. Every promise. in the book is mine. Amen. Amen. I can't remember how it goes, but there's a saying that says, I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I am what it says I am. The power that is in the Word. You need to speak life into your dead situations right now. You need to speak life into your hopeless cases right now by the power of the Word. Lift your hands toward heaven as we sing.
1: Hallelujah.